Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! And welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 186, and tonight I'm being joined by Scott from the Sadosphere podcast, and also by Jay the Haunt Cub from Life on the Shitlist. And we're going to be discussing the gay-themed slasher movie, Pitchfork, because it's the Gay Pride episode, yay! June is Gay Pride Month pretty much everywhere, and we're celebrating it here today but before we do that please allow me to introduce myself my name is patrick walsh and i'm going to be your guide for the next uh, hour and a half or so your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies but as seen through my very very gay little eyes now i got quite a surprise on friday when i had several listeners refer an article to me announcing that scream queens made the list of the top nine LGBTQ podcasts you need to be listening to right now in Entertainment Weekly magazine. Say what? Say who? Say what's it? Me? Me? My show? This little show? Oh my goodness gracious. Well, we have arrived, children. So if the article brought you here, welcome. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. I wish... It was the big, exciting gay party episode that I was planning on having. But that's just not going to happen because it's been a rough couple of days here at Scream Queen's headquarters. First of all, let's get it out of the way. Let's do Smoochie Watch. Ding dong, Smoochie Watch. Oh my god, what's going on with that cat? Okay, for those of you... Who've been following me on Facebook, you know the trauma that happened last week. Last week, I changed the litter box on Tuesday. And I realized on Thursday that Miss Thing had not used it at all. And normally, she pees 150 times a day. I said, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. So, I immediately made an appointment with her for the vet. And it turns out that the Prozac has been making her constipated. And she's so constipated that it was cutting off her urethra. So after x-rays and blood tests and new medications, it's a thousand dollars down, another thousand dollars down the smoochy kitty. Black hole. Money suck. It's a good thing I love this cat. She's doing okay now. They adjusted the levels of her Prozac. And she's on medication to help her pee. And to help her poop. And everything seems to be flowing fine. And... It was just bad timing. It was the same day that the Entertainment Weekly article came out. And I actually found out about the Entertainment Weekly article in the vet's office. And they kept her overnight. And it was a very traumatic 24 hours. I didn't know what was going to be happening with her. Because this, this is how we lost Tyler. You know, Tyler had kidney problems and we didn't act fast enough and he was gone very quickly and I was afraid that was going to happen with Miss Thing and who just walked into the room. Hi Smoochie. Yeah, we're talking about you. But it didn't happen and everything's good. It's also 500,000 degrees 
in Scream Queen studio right now. So I am pushing through to get to the point where I can just turn the air conditioning on and edit what we're doing and all that good stuff. Um, the other thing that is kind of a bummer about this episode is the movie that we picked. I thought it was going to be fun. I thought well, I was going to bring on Scott and Jay, and we're going to have a great party time talking about this fun movie, which turned out to not be that much fun at all. Turned out to be a bit of an exercise in cruelty and not very gay at all. But you'll find out all about that in the discussion. But hey, I want to thank everybody who showed up for the online screening of it. That was fun. We did it on, I guess it was Sunday night. And a lot of your observations were very astute. Uh, I think it was Tara who said, wow, you were in a really fun, kind of campy Friday the 13th type place. And then you chose to abandon all of that and, and take us to this ugly world that wasn't fun at all. Something along those lines. You said it more elegantly, Tara, but wise words. Wise words for you. Um, and on top of everything else that's going on, it's a heavy migraine day. I know it's the weather, I know it's my allergies, and I'm trying to push through, and it is not working. So I think the best thing to do, rather than prolong the agony for me, and also for you having to listen to me struggle to talk to you, which is normally something I love to do, but I just don't have the energy right now. So I think the wisest thing to do is to bring on my guests, and let's start talking about Pitchfork, and what's going on in them cornfields. Thanks for coming. It means a lot. Mom, Dad, this is the gang. It's like the breakfast club just puked on my lawn. You know, don't get me wrong, guys. My parents are good people. Oh, I'm sure they all know. Come on, people. We have to have fun this trip. This is our last big shindig before wedding. Ah! What the hell was that? That sounded like someone died. Guys, this is the country. What's normal? Daddy? for this very special gay pride episode in which we talk about a gay-themed slasher. I am joined by not one, but two gay podcast hosts. I am joined by the fabulous host of the Satosphere cast and also one of the hosts of the Life on the Shitlist podcast. cast. Please give a warm welcome to Scott the Sater and Jay the Hotcock! The whole world in his hands. That's far too upbeat. Far too upbeat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Pet- hi, everybody. How you boys doing? Good. Happy oh, Pride Month. Happy Pride. Pride. Yay. 
I just gay. found out I was gay. I never knew. What? Oh, that yeah. thing I did to you at Six Flags was it a tech box? <laughs> <laughs> or did that set you back? <laughs> <laughs> I ran screaming into the closet. <laughs> oh, well, that, not like this movie is going to help. Right? Oh, golly. So, let's just get right down to it. So... All right, Scott, you haven't been here in a while, so Scott, it is your job to give me a 30-second elevator speech summary of the plot of Pitchfork. K-Boy goes home with his United Colors of Benetton college friends (laughs) and a hillbilly dog mask-wearing neighbor starts killing off his friends and family amidst a choreographed line dance and a... (laughs) Backwoods Deliverance Family Reunion. Okay, well done. Yeah, so that pretty much sums it up. And this was really heavily marketed to the gay horror community. And it's really, it it doesn't matter, to be honest. It has nothing to do with nothing. No. Nothing to do with nothing. That that whole plot line gets dropped so quickly, and they're like, oh, well, the slasher is this hunk that's not wearing a shirt. Right. Yeah? Yeah. I'm but, thinking, and are, 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 are we that thirsty? Are we that right. thirsty? <laughs> if only they had done its raining men at the barn dance, maybe we could have gone with it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't to be. Oh, my goodness gracious. This movie, I mean... There was a lot going for it here. Like, there's things that work. Yes. But yeah. they, they are far outweighed. <laughs> By what the fuck? By right. what the fuck? Like, first of all, like, I don't know what... I mean, this is technical stuff, but... Like, I understand this was shot with one single solitary camera. And evidently, it was apparently a cheap one. But even though, like, it's shot pretty well... Yeah. I thought there's a lot of shots with a drone that are very effective, mm-hmm. especially with these sprawling landscapes that all work. Yeah, the whole intro was was pretty cool. The way it was flying over everything. Yeah, I have this. I have this note. It is very well shot, even if none of the shots make sense. Thank you. There you go. Yes. Then there was a point where I'm going, okay, you don't need to be doing drone shots during conversation scenes, <laughs> like zooming in on the person's face. No, you don't need to be doing this. Okay, we got it. You got a drone. We're very impressed. Right. Dial it back, but. I mean, usually with this low-budget type of thing, everything looks very flat and very static, and it didn't. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the atmosphere true. shots in the woods were really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people are ragging on the lighting in the woods scenes. Like, what? Why is there a giant light everywhere that they go with the fog? I said, I didn't mind that. That didn't mind me, because normally when you're doing night scenes in the woods on a low-budget movie, you can't see shit. Yes. Right. But this looks cool to me. I enjoyed it. It looked, it looked very movie-ish, and I don't care. That's good. Fine. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. You made a choice, and it worked. And it added some like, depth and vivacity to the movie, unlike the acting. Right. <laughs> the acting, yeah. I mean, you don't normally get the best actors in this type of a movie. Mm-hmm. But man, man. And it wasn't readily apparent either. And can we talk about how weird it was that the killer gets top billing? Did he really? He got top I billing didn't. in the credits. Huh. Huh. All right. I thought that was just odd. All right. So, 
let's back it up a bit. So what's happening here is our main character, Hunter. Let's take a moment that his name is Hunter Killiam. Mm. Right. <laughs> Hunter Killiam in a horror movie. Okay, got subtle. So he's coming back home to his, his, his family farm in Michigan for the first time after living in New York for a while and coming out to his family, and his dad is not happy with it. And now we've all been there. This is not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Just an odd and, way to go about it. Well, it was an odd way to go about it because I say, okay, he's going to bring a whole bunch of his friends with him as moral support. I said, okay, I'm on board with that. But then <laughs> <laughs> they pull up in the van. That is covered in gay pride. Covered right. in gay pride stuff. Honk if you're horny and like rainbows yep. everywhere and hooray for gay. And I'm going, you guys drove from New York City to Michigan in that van and had to stop for gas in the middle of like bumfuck Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But then again, they also had a van packed full of people who drove for, and I believe I timed this out because I used to work in Michigan. It's about a ten-and-a-half-hour drive. So those people were packed in that van for ten-and-a-half hours and came out, bam, ready to go to the club. Yeah. Well, they were and not also, tra- and like, <laughs> well, they also started like arguing with each other as soon as they got out of the van. So how did they survive the drive? And they're all straight. Does he have no gay friends? Right. right. Yeah. That was my other problem with this, is that he introduced this gay thing, and it's a very serious – this is a hard thing to do when you're when – you're, when you're, it's a one thing to come out to your family. It's another – you know, over the phone or whoever it's done. It's another thing to actually show up right. that first time. That's a, it's a potential minefield that you're walking into. And yeah. I get bringing a couple of your besties with you, but okay, he brought a small army, but – they all say, we're behind you, Hunter. We love you. Because he pulls over and he's all panicked about it. And they give him a big cheering support. Yay, we mm-hmm. love you. And the second they get there, they start shit with his parents. Yeah. Yeah. They're I immediately acting like assholes. I have in my notes here, I just came out. Let me bring the whole Scooby gang. Yeah. Yeah. Or the United Colors of Benetton. As it's, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> yeah. I was, what are you guys doing? Every racial profile, even a British girl. <laughs> right. Exactly. Who's Who act- turned out. Seriously went away at one point. Well, because it's determined later on that she's Jersey pretending to be British. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. That's, That's a layer. That's a character layer. And so you think the movie's going to be going one way, and you're thinking, okay, the family's not going to like that, or the town's not going to like that. He says something in this little pep speech that he needs before he gets there. He's like, well, you guys got to understand that small town views are not New York City views. And I mean that. Like, thanks for coming with me. It means a lot to me. I mean, this is the first time seeing my dad since telling him over the phone. This is the first time even speaking to him. As you all know, I'm just super nervous about it. Oh, don't be nervous, mi amor. We all love you. You're a GBFF. We got your back, love. You know that. And your friend. You mean a lot to us, dude. We're all more than happy to be here to support you. You know, I just have to warn you guys, though. Small town views, they're not like New York City views, you know? I I mean, I don't know how my dad will treat me now that he knows. I think he's more worried about what people will say about having a gay son, if that makes sense. I said, okay, there's a movie right there. Doesn't stop everyone from coming to the barn dance. (laughs) 
No, I get that. Uh, yeah, also dressed for the club. Because here's the other thing. There was a, there's an opening scene with this girl walking along the side of the road, rando girl with her dog. Yes. Her and dog's name is Country, by the way. The dog's name is Country. <clears throat> and she's dressed for the club. She's pretty much wearing this fancy yep. green bra. And her hair I said, is perfect. Oh, her hair is perfect. And here's the thing. Like I said, I worked in this kind of area. For a long time, you might want to dress like that, but your shopping choices are really limited. So they <laughs> did not really capture the, the country versus city folk well at all. And you know, she's the pre-credits kill. Her dog gets killed, and and by the way, what happened to her face? I think she got pitchforked in the face, but I'm yeah, not but sure. But it like she had wires or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought too, and I watched it twice now. God help me. I'm sorry. And I still don't know what happened to her face. I could not figure out no. what happened to her face. Well, no, I think maybe I he ejaculated in her face, and it burned her eyes, and she died. That must be it. And there's no real reason for this scene to exist, except for, as I figured out my second time through, is that when the killer shows up later, he's wearing the skin dog's face as a mask. Right. And I thought it was a rabbit the whole time. I thought he was wearing a rabbit mask, which yeah. didn't make sense. I didn't make that connection either that it was the dog, to be honest with you. Yeah, but again, because, I mean, it wasn't, didn't mean anything. Because mm-hmm. the problem here is they set up this, this whole thing with him coming out and his family and family tensions and possible community tensions. And then when the, somebody starts, shows up and starts killing people at this party – and it's specifically targeted. It's his family that's being targeted and his friends that are being targeted. There's tons of other people at this party. They're mm-hmm. not getting killed. So I'm going, okay, this is a choice. Somebody is choosing to kill these specific people. And I'm thinking, hmm, okay, is it an ex-boyfriend or something? No, I don't know. Is it – then I'm starting to think, oh, maybe there's something supernatural going on because this guy does seem to be able to teleport. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. The time-space continuum was so ripped apart by this movie. Mm-hmm. Outside, inside, inside basement, inside top floor, outside, barn, next door. Like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, this guy was everywhere. So I'm thinking, that oh, it's all these different possibilities, and then it's the least interesting possible choice of all. And as I was telling... um. Scott, beforehand, I had looked at IMDb in the trivia section and said that all of the actors were forbidden to see Pitchfork until their kill scenes. The only Mm -hmm. person who was allowed to see him was Hunter because they needed to talk about their backstories and implied history, apparently none of which made it into the movie. No, there was no, no, no. saw no connection whatsoever. Well, I no. remember there was one scene where he, he looks at the guy still in the dog mess and, and says, Ben, even though the parents don't really seem to recognize him as a, the next door neighbor. It, it, it was weirdly bizarre. Yeah, that was the other thing, because, I mean, how close do you think those two homes were? Because they seem pretty close to me. Yeah, well, he said when he goes up to, all right, we're way ahead of ourselves. We're way ahead of ourselves. Let's back up a bit. Let's back up a bit. Okay, so instead of having the the big chat that you think this trip would entail, this big sit-down with his family, that never happens. The kids immediately like, well, we have to set up for a barn dance. 
And you know, you guys know me. You guys, listeners, you know me. Every time we have a movie like this, I am thrilled if I get a getting ready montage. Yes. Or a fully choreographed musical number. And here I got both. You got both in spades. Right on top of each other, because there was a whole getting ready montage for the party, and somehow they got all this, like, like 10 trucks worth of, like, DJ lighting equipment yep. into a van with 10 people. <laughs> and, and only served three pizzas that were there all afternoon, but whatever, it's not here nor there, it's not here nor there. We love them. We have this fully pizza. choreographed dance number. It's apparently very controversial. I didn't get that part at all. I actually liked it. <laughs> of course you And I'll would. tell you, of course, of course, I got my dream. I got both my highly choreographed <laughs> musical number. The reason I liked it was all of a sudden the energy was very different. I said, oh, wow, you guys may be taking the rest of the movie in a different sort of a direction. No, you're not. And they had a hot DJ uh-huh, and he, he's and you have Hunter, like, chatting up some cute dude. I'm like, he's going to have a gay relation. No, mm-hmm. yep. he's not. So he's yep. another celibate gay character in the sea of straight people. Yeah. Poor Hunter. Poor Hunter. Poor Hunter. <laughs> and from what I understand, the guy who directed this, uh, Glenn Douglas Packard, is a choreographer. He has an Emmy, as a matter of fact, for his work on Brooke Knows Best. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he cast a whole bunch of dancers, and boy, can they dance! It is a good sequence, even if it doesn't make a lick of sense. Right, but, I agree. But just because you dance, don't mean you can act. Because that's a big problem. Uh. It's a really big problem because his group of friends, like their interactions, are okay. I can't, how did I phrase this? It's just poorly constructed conflict for conflict's sake. Yes. Everybody's fighting in these highly manufactured fights that don't feel real and are only there because somebody read that, oh, there's no drama without conflict. Yo, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Fuck you, man. She was lost out looking for your dumb ass. You're pathetic. You think a gamer nerd like yourself has a chance of getting with a chick like this? A chick like this? What's that supposed to mean? There's nothing wrong with Gordon, not. Please. I've heard the stories. You've been falling around the past 12 years. It's actually kind of sad. Don't listen to him, Gordon. You didn't say that. Hey, 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 guys, guys. Stop, stop. Where were you anyhow? Me? Where was I? I was off looking for you. Where were you? Off fucking him? Bullshit! What the hell is she doing with this jacket? Oh, my God. What has gotten into you? What's gotten into me? Maybe I should ask you that. You know, Jesus, you were so insecure and jealous. She probably took it when I wasn't looking. I'm sure this glitter on your face is your new look, too. I'm sure this jacket is the only thing that kept you warm tonight. I was. Oh, you fell on your back. You must feel right at home, slut. And people secretly fucking other people's boyfriends and... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And ultimately, it was just like, who cares? I don't... Because you don't know anything about these people at all except for these manufactured conflicts and makes them all very unlikable. Yeah. Agreed. 
And okay, when they first get there, and a couple of times through the movie, early parts of the movie, there's this weird noise. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a weird screaming noise that sounds inhuman. We hear it two or three times, and then it's never addressed what it is. Right. I always thought it was Pitchfork beating off. Good answer. Good answer. Oh, hey, guys, why do they call him Pitchfork? Hopefully it's his one good hand. He's got a stump where his, uh, what was it, his left hand would be, and he's got a Pitchfork sort of tied to it. But we don't, you're right, we don't find out what the, anything about that. No. No, but it's kind of left for you to assume, and you can assume how it all happened, but... And he's really, all, really hot. He's got a, he runs around shirtless, and he has a smoking hot body. He does have a hot body. So you're conflicted by, this is gross, and yet I'm somehow getting a chub here. No, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm saying he had a perfectly good body. He had a perfectly good body, but it became apparent to me in the final scene at the tree that his abs were drawn on with makeup. (laughs) He had a perfectly good body. You didn't need to do that. Right. I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice that either. I did. (laughs) I did. So saying there was something wrong, there was something that was off for me the whole time. I was looking at him going, it's nice, but there's something not right. The proportions aren't right. Like, those abs don't belong with that upper. And then I'm like, oh, that's why. Because they're drawn mm-hmm. on. That would be why. I like that's my men symmetrical. No, please don't. <laughs> so they're having this bar net. And with one character we didn't talk about, he's got a little sister. <laughs> why are we giggling? The creepiest little sister in the history of film. Here's the thing. I like the little sister. Oh, that was such a weird role. It was a weird role because the whole thing with her is like she she's always in the in the barn with the horses and the animals and stuff, and apparently she's this great animal whisperer. Yes, which comes into play later on in the movie in mm-hmm. a very interesting way, but they didn't really run with it. I'm Jenny. What's your name? <laughs> else will you stop will you stop for me because because pitchfork is actually just a pet he's just an animal so she can calm him down Right. Yeah, she's she, she's able to communicate with him in a way that the other people are not she can get him to 
you know, at least stop and listen by treating him like she would one of her frightened animals. Yes. So is she a metaphor for like a fruit fly or a? Yes. Sure. Sure. Why not? Calming down the wild gay. Yes. 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 When the wild yes fruit flies when your wild gay traps you, (coughs) kills your father and and locks you up inside of a mattress frame. Now you know what to do. Well, click at him a few times. Here's the thing I thought was weird about the girl was that she needed her dad to check the bed and the closet yeah. for her. But then, like, for, further in the movie, which we haven't gotten to, she suddenly has no fear. I mean, and her family's, you know, whatever. So I just – it was just odd how she went from being this, like, little helpless girl to yeah. turn around. Yeah, well, maybe she just like daddy to do stuff for her. Daddy that's like three years older than her brother. Yeah, exactly. Okay, if you're going to cast someone as a dad, don't just take a regular dude and throw gray hair on it. No, 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 no. And as many people have said, and when I mentioned I was doing that this movie, they said the, the dad was the gayest thing in the movie. I wrote that down, too. <laughs> I said dad's gay and mom yodels. Dad was hot. I, I'd do dad. Wait, mom yodels? Yeah, she yodels. Uh I don't remember exactly when it was. I think it oh, was. Oh, she uh, did yodel. She did yodel. Yeah, she was calling the, she was calling the kid. She was yep. calling the kid from the barn. Yeah, <laughs> she yodeled. That's right. And I love how the dad gets killed upstairs, mm-hmm. but then mom hears the noise in the basement and goes. Yes. Down. No, she hurts the kid because what happens is the girl wants to, the party's going on. The girl was planning on sneaking out, but the dad had come in and put a stop to that. And this whole thing, she's like, I'm scared, Dad. Check in the closet. And he plays a wacky joke to scare her even more. And then she's like, but you didn't look under the bed. But it turns out Pitchfork was under the bed the whole time. Not funny. Dad, you didn't check under my bed either. Really? You didn't learn your lesson just now from the closet? There are no monsters in your bedroom. Now you got me even more scared, Dad. Pretty please? All right. You're lucky you're my favorite. Daddy, what are you doing? Daddy, please stop. You aren't being funny. I'm not falling for it this time. Daddy. And apparently nobody smelled him. Because I'm sorry, that dude smells. Yeah. No, I bet he uses X. Oh, well, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she couldn't tell that particular Axe body spray from, like, the 17 straight guys that came into the right. house yeah. in, in the van. Yeah, so when he goes to look under the bed, blah, he gets pulled under and blah, and then the pitchfork comes up to the bed, and you don't know what happens with her. Because mom's down in the basement doing laundry. She hears screaming, and she goes upstairs and is like, honey? Oh, well. And then goes back downstairs to mm-hmm. doing laundry. Like you would do. And this irritated me because now, like you said, you've set up this whole thing that this is all about the confrontation with his parents. Yep. And he's taken out the parents. First kills. Yeah. Right. First kills. And I guess in, a, in another movie, you could say, well, it's like they pulled the rug out from underneath you. But the rug wasn't much there to start with. <laughs> More of a runner, really, than a rug. 
yeah, so the parents are immediately killed, and now his friends start getting picked off, and the kills are really nothing to write home about. I was really disappointed by the lack of gore. Yeah. Yeah, or sloppy stuff. There's that scene where, oh, okay, okay, if you're going to have cow tipping be a major plot point, at oh, least Lord. get some stock footage of cows. You're in, <laughs> you're in farm comp- country. You, could, you should have found at least a field of farm, a field of cows. Right. Take some shots of, of fucking cows. Since we're going to talk about this character, this one character, all she talks about is cow tipping. Obsessed with cow tipping. Let me hear you cows go moo, moo, moo. <laughs> Moo, 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 moo! Rocky, <laughs> while you're hyping the cows, I'm going to be over there tipping them. And when they're getting chased through the woods and her boyfriend gets killed, he clearly gets stabbed in the yes. back. Thank you. And then the blood but then pours it's down a close his up of his It's a close-up <laughs> of his face. He gets stabbed in the back, but it pours down the front of his yes. head like he got stabbed in the skull. That was awesome. Because, like, suddenly he's just covered in blood, like, you know... Like Sissy Spacek and Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> but that's I don't no. Think that's where he was injured. No. <laughs> no. 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 And this is the other thing. This is like a real hallmark of bad acting is when people don't know how to die. Mm. Because his face didn't change. He was just staring forward with the same expression as before he got stabbed, mm. as when he got stabbed, as when died. he died. Like there was just died no. Purely in shock. Uh huh. It's just like because he was pretty. He was pretty. He's pretty. Rocky. His name was Rocky. <laughs> Is it really? It was. His name was Catfish. His name was Rocky. And he was getting oh, married to the girl with no name who wanted to go cow tipping and was pregnant for no reason except to give some drama that wasn't needed. Right. I'm pregnant. What you talking about, Willis? Rocky. I'm having your baby. My baby? No, Willis's baby. Who's Willis? <laughs> Shut up and give me those lips. Oh, shit. Yeah, a baby West. Uh-huh. I think we're going to call it Southwest. Oh, everybody go. Ooh, ooh. And even that was almost cool when he killed her by mistake. Oh, that, that was... A, I, I, that shocked me. I wasn't expecting that at all. That's exactly. Yeah, because yeah, this, is, this, is, this is your first real major kills of the major characters in the movie and you know they get split up because he pops up and chases them out of the van they split up in the woods and he hears somebody following him and he jumps out with his little switchblade because he like we all have from new york everybody in new york does carry switchblade <laughs> at all times and stabs the person in the throat but it turns out whoops it's his pregnant girlfriend <laughs> oh fuck no 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 baby Oh. No, 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 no. Oh, my God, no, baby, no, 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 no. Oh, God, no. Womp, womp. Yeah, so that was almost shocking. I know that was shocking. But then nothing else in the movie lives up to that. No. Well, we have the... What I'm going to be calling the rape scene. Yeah, okay. That's, this, is where, this is where the movie lost me completely. This is when I have now an enemy of you movie, but please continue. So the three, three of the main characters are in this pit. In this pit that's only like three feet deep. Uh, it's a trench. And filled with bones. I don't know where they were. Yeah, and then one girl... Not gets, human bones, just bones. <laughs> one girl gets pulled out, 
and it takes the other two about 30 seconds to get out, and when they find her, she's already trussed up like a scarecrow with elaborate uh-huh. barbed wire uh-huh. uh, binding uh-huh. her to this stable wall. Again, I'm like, that took you more than 30 seconds to do. It was a preset. Yeah. Well, yeah, and when yeah. she gets grabbed, the two of them are still hiding behind something in that ditch, like, like uh, the, the killer doesn't know that they're there. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. If we let's hide behind here and talk because at talk at no whole volume. Yes. So she more or less gets abandoned by the group by this asshole character who says, "Oh, she's dead," which made me hate him for the rest of the movie. I mean, I well, just he, he was the character that you were set up to hate anyway. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was the one that when they first showed up, when he was like, "Well, what, have you tried not being gay?" Yeah. I think he's more worried about what people will say about having a gay son. If that makes sense. <clears throat> then don't be gay. Change it. Problem solved. I said, who the invited him? Friend. Who invited him? Right. <laughs> and then there's this this really disturbing scene where Pitchfork is is raping her without actually... It was more like a psychological rape. Yeah, it's it's a simulated yeah. rape. Like, he, like this character... I mean, I suppose this character is being punished because... All right. This asshole character that we talked about, he's there with another girl named Claire. They're supposed to be a big couple. They went and fucked around. I mean, her and this other girl, Lennox, the fake British girl, fucked right. around. This is the girl who's tried up now. And I guess, oh, well, she's the slut, so she's got to get punished. But they yeah. didn't earn any of this. Yeah. So she's, in, so she's trussed up with, with barbed wire, and he's, like, he climbs up on a, on, a, on a stool or something, and he's miming, fucking her mouth, and he's, he's poking her nipples with the with the pitchfork, and this goes on for a really long time. A really long time. And then he stabs her in the vagina. <laughs> yeah. Now, can I ask you two something? You didn't earn that. I was kind of pissed off that with that smoking hot body that he didn't drop trow. Because <laughs> I was fully expecting him to drop Trow to show off this spectacular. No, no to any aspiring serial killers. If you're going to trust up Seder and simulate raping him, at least take your panties down. <laughs> right. But am I wrong? Didn't it feel like that was about to happen at any moment? Yeah. That would have been completely too much. Because <laughs> I, I, this movie, I was already hanging on, on a balance with finishing it. But all of a sudden, now we just turned mean. Mean, so mean. For yeah. no reason. And plus, this girl had almost been saved several times because she right. trusted for a long time. We have, okay, there's a couple of things. Well, well, we're jumping around, but that's okay. She, her, the asshole guy and his girlfriend, Claire, come up to save her. And they're pulling on the barbed wire like it's nothing. Yeah. They're not even trying to act like they're dealing with barbed wire. It was obviously that rubber shit from the Spirit Halloween store. I know. Act. Act. Imbue. Imbue your props with meaning. Imbue things. It's not a hard concept. So they couldn't have gotten her, could have gotten her out then, and then there was a whole thing where, 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 where Hunch is like, well, I'm going to distract the guy by running, and he'll chase me. I've been running from things my whole life, so I'm really good at it. I'll get him to come after me, okay? I can run. Trust me. I've been running from things my whole life. This Shut wonderful up. deep uh, moment. It's like I roll. You don't earn that line of dialogue. <laughs> no, you do not earn that line of dialogue, and you do not earn it in this situation. And if it amounted to anything, great. But immediately, 
He goes running off, and the guy followed him for apparently two seconds because he's right back. Yeah. Yep. Hunter never noticed he wasn't being followed. <laughs> Hunter's in the next Poor county. Hunter. I know. Hunter's pretty, but I can't. I can't even attract a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gone after that farm boy. But the thing is, previous to this, there was some other thing. Because there's a scene where he finds that his father's not dead, and his little sister is in, in, imprisoned in this bed thing springs. with a with with bread springs and stuff. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And he has to kill his father, and it's supposed to be powerful, and it's really not. It's not. It's so not. No. It's, it's just not. It doesn't work. None of it works. Be a man, Dad says. That's not the way he was supposed to end that. First of all, how did he survive all those injuries? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And why? Like, why Why like was the father... Body parts or something? Why was the father saved this long? Why was the little girl saved this long? These are things we never get answers to. But... Then the killer shows up, and he's like, ah, oh, I've killed my father, and rah, I'm going to fight you now. And he does this fancy footwork thing and <laughs> kicks a yeah. sickle up to himself, and the two of them hit a total mortal combat pose. Let's go, motherfucker. Yes. Yep. To go into battle, and then the scene cuts, and it comes back, and the battle is over, and we never saw anything. Right. <laughs> How did so that skinny-ass killer drag the dad from under the bed at the parents' house all the way over to well, the it outside helps, of the it, shack? Helps, it helps when your unconscious victim is already a little light in the loafers to take some of the dead weight off. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, just hooked, he just hooked dad's heels behind his ears. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was terrible. What a terrible thing to say. What a terrible thing to say. But there was there's so much of this stuff that it's like this. There was a character named Flo, one of his friends, who I liked, who didn't get a lot of screen time. She was the one who wanted a fucking Amish guy at the barn dance. Yeah. Yes. And she did. Yes. In a buggy. <clears throat> and maybe that's just me because I was saying to Seder, I have a thing with the Amish because I spent a summer doing theater in Amish country. And there was our theater, there was a cornfield, and then there was the Amish community on the other side. And at night, let's just say the Amish boys would start drifting over to the theater, to theater housing, and start lurking around behind buildings and in the corn stacks, groping themselves. To investigate the sinners. Uh-huh. Or, or, you know, to start their rumspringa or whatever they're doing. And, and, and you know, I'm just saying, I'm going out there. I never fucked an Amish person because I'm saying, I've, I've seen Children of the Corn. I'm not going out there to meet Malachi <laughs> behind the rose. No, it's not happening. But anything involving Amish people, I think, is automatically hilarious. So the fact that she wanted, an Amish, she wanted a fucking Amish guy, an Amish guy showed up to this party, and she fucked him. Good for her. Good for her flow. But there's a scene where... Pitchfork has, has collected all of his victims behind a building, and there's a scene with him like grunting and growling at them, but also posing with them. Yeah. Like he'll get it, he'll get like put an arm around them and like posing like they're friends, like for pictures. And I'm saying there's a backstory here that you want to get out, and you're not getting it out. Because if you're saying we're getting a little snapshot into what's what he's doing, I'm like, okay, he's collecting friends. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. But never goes anywhere. No. Because ultimately, I don't know why he's doing any of this. So I want to I pause for a second and talk about Pitchfork and Hunter. I think they fooled around. 
Uh huh. And I think uh, Pitchfork's parents found out mm-hmm. and started treating him like the family dog because they were ashamed of him. And that's yeah. how. And maybe that was his masturbating hand, and so that's why they chopped it off and put that pitchfork on for some reason. Mm-hmm. But okay. I've had to create this whole narrative to try to make sense of this movie. <laughs> Hunter, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Sayer, I made up a similar narrative. After I read this thing about them having implied backstory, I said, okay, and what could it be? I said, well, that, yes, that's exactly what this would imply, but then why is he killing all these and why is he pseudo-raping women? And, and the killer, and, well, I mean, the killing started before Hunter got there. So assume that this kid who get, is locked up in his house all the time knew that he was coming. I don't know. It's all, it's all messy. It's all messy. We're trying way too much. But yeah, so with the scene with this girl that was tried, tied up and, 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 and fake raped and then stabbed in the vagina, we crossed the line into torture porn. Yeah. Yeah. And before it stopped. It's strictly been a slasher film. And it stopped being fun, right? Like even like even up until this point, I was having making fun of it fun. It was entertaining, yeah. But now I crossed the line. I said, "Now I'm angry at you, movie. Now I'm angry at you, movie." And it's funny because in the next scene, the 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 asshole guy gets stabbed in the penis. <laughs> yes. And you could argue, well, well, how is that not the same? I said, well, that was almost earned because that guy was an asshole from square one. Mm-hmm. This girl was not. Yeah, she slept with somebody else's boyfriend, but other than that, she was an okay character. Oh, by the way, here's where I here's where I found this, where I started my 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 plot line, because on the YouTube trailer, the the pitch is a group of friends return home with a friend to help him share a secret, only to learn that sometimes older secrets are even more deadly. Mm. Okay, mm. but yeah, we but never not, found out about an older secret. That's no. not in the movie. No. No, and they're really pushing this as like every legend, every generation has its legend was it, was the movie's tagline. Yes. Said, but there was no legend, right? No. Like if there was the legend of the boy with the pitchfork hand, yes, that somebody at the barn dance knew about something, anything, nothing. It just came out of nowhere, which is unfortunate. And this girl that is playing his 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 number one sidekick, the girl Claire, who's supposed to be the nice girl, the girl who's gotten cheated on. The one who's been supporting him the most yep. is the deadest deliverer of lines. Yes. All of her lines are flat, monotone. And there's a scene right after this, right after this vagina stabbing. So we've already seen, they've already seen several of their friends killed and they've already just narrowly escaped this thing. And Hunter and her run off to some field and he looks at her and goes, So, how you doing? She goes, I'm doing okay, I guess. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? 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 What are you doing? What is happening? Yeah, so everybody's dead. Uh, the cops have shown up. They so somebody called the cops because Claire had gone back to the house because the party sucked or it was over, and she found blood everywhere. So they have called the cops, but the cops have shown up and have been killed. Did we ever and, see that, though? I don't remember... The cops show up and have stupid donut jokes. Yeah. And then later on, somebody stumbles across. I think Flo, when she's because Flo has a good chase scene through the cornfield. Mm-hmm. And I think, seem to recall she stumbles across the bodies of the cops. Yeah, they're, they're bloodied bodies. Okay. But we don't see them get killed. Right. No. Right. 
So now they're just trying to make their way to a neighbor's house to see, get a phone, get to a phone, and they do. And this is where the movie goes even more bonkers <laughs> and yeah. random than it yeah. already had because now we're going Texas Chainsaw Light. Yeah, right. Because it turns out the people next door are crazy. Which you'd never know by the look of the father when he answered the door. No. And they don't seem to recognize him if he's the next door neighbor. No, he just, he just said outside of the house, she's like, I don't know, because the girl didn't want to go into this house. She's like, no, 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 we don't know these people. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. I know them. They're my neighbors. Mm-hmm. So at no point at the door, he said, hi, Mr. Henderson. I'm sorry to bother you, but this is happening. Can we use the phone? Nothing, nothing. And the guy actually doesn't know them, and the kid's acting like he doesn't know them. Hi, hey, Mr. Hollister. We need your help, okay? Get in there and call the police, all right? Please, crickets, son. Slow down. Right, there's this lunatic, He's okay? trying to kill us. He's trying to kill you? Yes, he kills all of our friends. Damn it, will you just go in there and call the police? Watch your mouth, boy. I'm sorry, I don't usually freak out like that. It's just... Going me. I got a phone. Ooh, it's bad. And they get them inside, and the mother comes out, and she's all, you know, obviously crazy. Like, they're not hiding crazy. They're crazy, no. crazy. Yeah. From square one. Over the top crazy. I thought I heard voices out here. But most times it's just in my head. Obviously doses them. She's like, would you like some water? Hold on while I pour this stuff from a vial into the glass. Here, have some water. And they both drink it like idiots. <laughs> Now you relax, sweet child. Nothing pretty about a girl rolled all up in mud. <laughs> but there is something pretty about a girl spilled up in mud. <laughs> and wind up tied up in the basement for some more torture porn. Yes. And the mother, all of a sudden, is the star of the show because she has this completely bananas, nonsensical monologue. Yes. About love. Yes. You think you know about love? <laughs> the whole world's a maze of different things. The worst is sending you around and making you lost is love. Its corners cut sharp and wonder you in Oh, you think you are, are going through, and at the end you'll find some paradise island? <laughs> Problem is, you see paradise, but you never see the island. All love goes lonely sooner or later. Only those that have ever been tried and lost know the feeling of walking on grass. Neither of you walked on nothing but brown shit behind everybody else. You all feel the same pain when you die. You feel the same pain when you live. My boy. He's been tried good and hard to make sure he don't see none of those little fairy islands. He's going to make his own path. Find his own way. Green walls going nowhere. Follow dirt and end up soft and shitty like yous, stranded and alone. Real love is looking somebody square in the eye and telling them with straight words. 
I am going to hurt you bad. <laughs> this ain't no game. Love. And this is supposed to explain everything. I'm going, I don't even know what is remotely happening now. But then she realizes, oh, you're gay. I'm going to pee on you. <sighs> Mama's going to make sure it burns. Gets me all hot and bothered. because he's now he's he's tied up to a chair and also his hands have been stabbed to the table with knives so he's trapped and she's like rubbing on him and she pees on him and flo has been stabbed in the ear is that right she's been stabbed in the ear and also claire and Claire has also been stabbed in the, in womb. the stomach. <laughs> I bet you'd like to have babies <laughs> Baby would have grown right about there. The father makes the point of saying, well, that'll take care of that baby that's probably growing yep. in there. So now we've had a vagina stabbing, a penis stabbing, and a womb stabbing, and you mm-hmm. didn't earn any of it. And the thing is, later on in the movie, when they escape, Claire is running around like, do, 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 No problems at all. In both of his hands, and he's just walking around. You've been stabbed in the womb. No, granted, I don't have a womb, so I don't. I can't. I don't have a lot to. I would just assume that that was that's going to hurt. You're, it's like I'm you're right in the center. It's gonna you're not going to be. Yeah, you're. you're it's it's, it's going to sting. <laughs> it's going to leave a tangle. <laughs> Dude, these are things that you have to remember from scene to scene. So he gets all up in his face and is going to shoot him in the head. And Hunter pulls up, pulls his hands up, free, with the knife still stuck in his hands. And what happens? Claps him in the head. Yes. And what does he say when he does it? Oh, shit. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. He pulls the knives out of the table, still tucked into his bloody hands, uh-huh. smashes them into the sides of his attacker's head, and says, Take two Tylenol and call me in the morning, motherfucker! Which would have been uh, great if, the, if the, the older man had been the town doctor, but we get the feeling he's the town sheriff. You know how you didn't earn a vagina stab? You didn't get a quip. You didn't earn a quip no, here. Not, you didn't no, get no. a comic kill quip you at this point in the movie. This entire and something tells me the people at Tylenol will not be happy about this product placement. Oh, it, it wasn't aspirin. Tylenol scare in the 80s. It wasn't aspirin. It was Tylenol. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> And then something like the, the sister shows up. I don't remember what happens, and I don't know. The, the pitchfork kills the mother. Yeah, he suddenly has enough after. I, I'm not sure exactly what was it that drove that you know made him. I don't know. I, yeah, him. you're right. Probably if this backstory that we've talked about, this imaginary backstory, was there, this would have made mm-hmm. more sense. Yes. And clearly, she had sex with her son. Clearly, well, was she was jerking obvious. him off. She had his hands yeah. in her pants. And his pants, it was jerking him off. No wonder he wanted to sleep with Hunter. We get it. You're crazy. (laughs) We get it. 
You've been on screen for two minutes, and you're just like, you open up the whole treasure trove of crazy and throw all of it at the screen. You're jerking off your, your mutant son's in front of her, God and everybody. Well, she's dead in the wound, but it's totally fine. <laughs> He's got knives in his hands and is still able to work a rope later with no problem. That's no right here nor there. And they they get they, 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 there's another chase scene, and the girl comes in, like the girl steps in and starts treating him like one of her animals again. Like just stop, just stop. It's okay, it's okay. They hurt you. I know. It's okay. Good boy. Good boy, good boy. And while she's doing that and got some calm down, the other two get a rope or a chain around his neck and lynch him from a tree. Mm-hmm. And you think the movie's over, but of course the movie's not over. No, of course not. <laughs> and here's another point of overkill. They killed the movie with one word. This last scene could have worked if they'd cut one word sooner. Whoa. Because to see the three of them walking down the road. Kill uh, or something? Uh-huh. We're walking down the road. uh Oh, my womb. Oh. Oh, my. She's not complaining about her womb. My womb is totally healed by the sunlight. Oh, yay. Yay. And my hands are totally normal now. Yay. It's gay magic. Yay. <laughs> it was the magic piss. It was the magic piss. The piss of love. <laughs> and they're walking, and you're seeing all of a sudden that Pitchfork is charging them, charging them, charging them. Just before he gets them, the screen goes black. Pitchfork title credit. I'm thinking, okay, it's over, and I was just about to turn it off, but no, there was a little bit more. Because just before Pitchfork gets to them, a girl turns around and just goes, Stop! Sit. Kill. <laughs> if she just told him to stop and sit and the movie ended there, that would have been perfect. Right. Yep. So was he going to kill her brother? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why? If this little girl had just cowed this monster just by telling him to stop it, said that would have been a perfect ending. I would have been totally happy with that. I would have forgiven a lot. But you left me with this bullshit ending. And I well, have to tell you, if they had cut the pseudo-rape scene, I almost would have felt bad for him when they almost killed, supposedly killed him. Well, I was almost feeling bad for him because now you see that he's a victim of all this as well. Yeah. Because at that point, there was no point in killing him. The girl had him under control. Yeah, right. But I understand it's a horror movie. We need our completions, but and the we parents didn't get were the killed and all that, so it's understandable that uh-huh. he wants revenge. But suddenly, yeah, and also it's what he knows. Yeah, it's what he knows. So, but I mean, are we supposed to be led to believe that this all just happened because he got out of the house this day, this coincidental day that Hunter was home? But they don't even make a big deal about that either. No, they don't. No. No, if it was something like it's your fault, it's because of what you did to our boy that we have to treat him like this now so he doesn't turn out like you, something like that. Yeah. It's not there. It's not there, and it's a shame. Because yeah. there's a lot, there's a, like I said, there is a lot that does work for this movie. But there's too much that doesn't. Slasher film, it's good. When it yeah. goes into torture porn, I don't like it. Yeah. Me either. Me either, and it was not earned. It was not justified, and it was and it wasn't cruel well for cruelty's sake. <laughs> no, it wasn't cruel. No, it wasn't that well done anyway. And it went so went on for so long that I'm going, oh, she's going to be able to use her smarts to get out of it because we've already established that this girl is kind of the smart one. Yep. But no, she just winds up getting stabbed in the vagina, and yeah, no, that's just nasty. Well, 
I mean, I can almost, I can almost justify the, the fake rape that he's like trying to – I'm trying to be straight. Look, I'm trying to do it. Yeah. But I can't, so now I have to kill you. Right. But – which I guess is in the subtext there, but it's not in the rest of the movie. Mm-mm. So would you say the writing is the biggest weakness of the film <sighs> or the acting? I think the writing is because – I mean, the acting you can get around. Because they can only do what's written. Right. They tried too many things. Like the Texas Chainsaw ending, too much. Torture porn, too much. The fake arguments between the friends that were just nonsensical and added nothing except filler. You know, they didn't, they didn't expand on character at all. It was just noise yep. to fill time. Like, oh, I, oh, you know, it's the whole nonsense with the guy who's, who's been friend-zoned his whole life. And we desperately do need backstory. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, this this was actually a movie that I'm not a fan of backstory because too much backstory can kill everything. But this had none, and mm. if we were supposed to figure it out on our own, which we did because we're very smart, and we've been forced to talk about it for an hour. Had I not been forced to talk about it for an hour, I would have dismissed all of this immediately. I'm just sad that they they build this as a gay movie and it's really not. It's not. I mean, because it they 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 dump that whole plot line very early on by killing off the parents. Yeah. And if it's supposed to be implied in the killer's relationship with our hero, it's just simply not there. Yeah. And it's a shit or get off the pot thing. Did all of a sudden you get afraid that this is too gay now to get released? Is that what happened? Because other than that, it's this weird sterile thing. It's, it's another gay character who actually ne- doesn't have any relationships. Yeah, right, yeah. He's in this weird void of only straight people and which is great. It's great to have your straight support system, but on the other hand, he's this weird virgin character in a world where he doesn't need to be. And even the fact that he had he went so far as to have him flirting with somebody at the barn dance that wasn't one of his friends from New York. Right. Was something right. to pursue. I'm like, oh my God, he's gonna have a boy no. Oh, that character's just gone. <clears throat> he's just gone. Not even killed. Not even killed. No. No, because no, again, I'm just saying, it's, if this was a very specific targeted series of kills, that it was his friends and his family. It was not just random people at the bar dance. Right. Because there's plenty of people there. And that would have made it a more iconic slasher movie if it's just all these people were just getting killed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, one of my main observations, and I I think I said this when I, I think I messaged you this while I was watching it, is that the whole, especially the the main, uh, the killer, really reminded me of a lot of haunted attractions that I've been to. Hmm. I mean, the way he was running around and the makeup and all that kind of stuff, and the way he would just kind of like go up to people and especially the women and do like, you know, kind of act like a dog or whatever, things like that. It's just the, the sets there. And, like, the fields and stuff and the actor and everything, it just, I completely felt like I could have been walking through that, watching these things happen as, like, little set pieces, you know? You're not good corn maze. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Because when, when I do, when I, when I used to run houses, that would be my big note to the actors. I'm like, don't, please don't just walk up to people and scream at them. Mm-hmm. Or growl at them. Try to engage them in other ways. That gets really old really fast. And so that's why I was appreciating like the scenes with him alone with the bodies. I mean, this is a little window into his world that we're not getting. Yeah. In other places. 
And I was almost feeling bad for him. I'm like, oh, he's lonely. Okay, he just wants friends, but he doesn't know how to do it. Okay, I get it, but then no. Here we go. Now, we can add to this backstory. He feels betrayed that Hunter left and went to college and left mm-hmm. him here without any friends. Oh, I wonder if he went to Hunter College. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> the College of Hunter. The Temple of Hunter. Yeah. Did you, did you yeah. guys notice, did you look at the, have you, like, looked at the IMDb uh, reviews or anything? Because I've noticed that almost all the reviews are 10 stars. Which yeah. really makes me think the actors are the ones that wrote the reviews. Yeah, the early ones are all, I, I went through them too. The early ones are all 10 stars, and after oh my God. a point, they turn, and it's all two stars, three stars, one stars, no stars. Yep. And no, I've read some reviews, and people are like, I loved it, and the gay content was so meaningful. <laughs> okay, so you're 19. I get it. It I what? Get it. Wait, wait, there was gay content? What? Yeah, they're like, well, it was really meaningful, like the scene with his mom. Yeah, he, Hunter did have a scene with his mom. That was nice. Be patient. He'll come around. I hope so. Well, love is love, but you just need to give him a little more time. More time, Mom? How much more time? I mean, right now I feel like I'm living two different lives, you know? Like, I don't know, like I'm two different people. Well, I don't want you feeling like you have to live that way anymore. But you know how your father can be. He's slow to understand and accept things that he doesn't know much about. Yeah. But he does love you. You know that. Um, Clichéd. Clichéd, but still nice because you don't normally see it in this kind of a movie. Yeah. To just have this kind of this mega event. This is a major thing, you know, coming out to your family. That is a big big hurdle to get over and to have it addressed in this kind of a movie is kind of neat but then you just dismissed it you alleviated all the tension by killing all the players involved yeah instead of dealing with it mm-hmm. oh well what are you gonna do mm-hmm. what are you gonna do when I make my gay movie <laughs> bathhouse bloodbath oh yeah bathhouse bloodbath uh-huh. <laughs> you could have a totally choreographed number in it. You could set in the 70s, and you totally could. You could have, I could have Beth Midler be in it. Look alike. I could have Rita Moreno come in and do her thing from, from the Ritz. I am not a drag queen. Seymour <laughs> Pippin. <laughs> and you know what she could sing? Hearts, not diamonds. Oh, yes, she could. Yes, she could. <laughs> Uh, did, did either of you guys ever get like the a weird connection to the whole pup play scene during some of this? The what like, place? You know, pup play, puppy play, the thing that's oh, like puppy play. Super okay. big now in the gay community. I didn't make the connection to it, but uh, yes, I mean he is dressed as a dog, and he's acting like a dog a lot of times with the mm-hmm. sniffing and the the cocked head looking at things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. Yes, there was there was there was an overtly sexual thing about him that when way. I, when I interact with actors like that at haunts, I I start to get flirty with them. Uh huh. Well, naturally, it's very weird. It's this weird kind of I get it. Sizing horror thing. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Especially the le- the less amount of clothes they wear, the more I. I also find they often have no idea what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're not ready for it. No, they have no idea what to do. They're like, this is what happens when you don't scare the, the pretty girl in the group. Go for that easy target. You're going to get the easy response. You're going to go for me. Yeah. Yep. Like, hey, baby. <laughs> pup play. <laughs> I used to have a pup. That's a whole other podcast, though. Yeah, my deepest respects to that community. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I no, just, I didn't. I didn't get to mind with the whole dog thing. I didn't get that you were. That's it's a totally valid thing. And hey, whatever makes you happy, as long as everybody's yep. cool with it, that's fine. And Hunter seemed to be cool with it, even though the. I mean, I. I mean, I guess they cut out his tongue. Yeah, we never quite know why he doesn't actually talk. No, because if they had a relationship before and his name is Ben, the two of us need search no more. Sorry, I had to get that out of my system. Right. Um, <laughs> now if they had a choreographed dance number to a dance version of Ben, I'd be very happy. But no, it, it, I don't know. Don't need to see a sequel. No, no. Unless, of course, like him and Hunter are now a couple. <laughs> and it's like a sitcom, this wacky thing. Well, see, here's the thing. He's an, know, IT, he's an IT web page designer. He's a closeted serial killer. Wackiness ensues. <laughs> Together they fight crime. Yes. But with their tagline of every generation has its monster, clearly they want this to be a series, but yeah. it doesn't feel like a series. No. Again, you didn't earn it. Yeah. No, one of the reviews says, another Friday the 13th franchise is born. This was so cool. Mine's yeah, I read that one too. Nope, not really, because even, even Jason has a little bit of backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's all you need. Just Heavily retconned, but it's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even just going by that second movie where he first shows up for doing business the first time, you know, it's okay, it's the legend of the boy in the woods. They say he's still out there. That's all we need to know. Yep. About the bad thing that happened a while ago or whatever, or like people keep seeing this and cattle keep disappearing. Cows get tipped and stabbed. I don't know. I got nothing. That's why there are no cows. Right. He's killed them all. He's had sex with them all. They blamed it on aliens. Yes. Had such high hopes when it started, too. Me, too. Me, too. Me, too. Even though that, that van, that van that was going, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, you know, I I'm, thought we were going to go. I thought we were going to go a whole other direction and be so whole hog with gay stuff that it would uh-huh. be embarrassing. Yes. Yep. Here come all the stereotypes. No, it's just him. Well, okay. let me let me tell you my notes of the start of the film. That the creepy whole world in his hand singing. Yep. Set me off. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. I love this. But then when they got to the opening title sequence, when it's all this slow motion pride celebration, and yet really bizarre, creepy music that's accompaniment that just does not, they they didn't mesh, I knew I was in trouble. (laughs) Oh, and I just want to point something out about the opening credits since you brought it up. Last time, Brian Norton, uh, filmmaker Brian Norton, pointed out that you should never, ever, ever do your opening credits in red because they're impossible to read. This is a perfect example. I uh, couldn't tell you anybody in the cast because you couldn't read a single name. Right, right. Because they were all in red. Yeah. So young filmmakers, I know it's a horror movie. You want to do it in red, don't do it. No, don't. Don't do it. Dark crimson at best. Go with pink. You can never go wrong with pink. It's unexpected. Yeah. And oh, so gay. Uh-huh. That's why, I mean, it's a terrible movie, but that movie Ghost Ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. The opening credits were like, were like out of a, a, 
oh gosh, I can't think of her name. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. They're out of a Doris Day movie. They're all like pink yeah. and fluffy credits. I love that. <laughs> I'd sooner watch that again any day over this. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. So I guess that's Pitchfork, guys. Thank you for putting me through this. I'm sorry. Tra- Scott was so traumatized afterwards. <laughs> okay, well, but yeah. did it make you less gay? Uh, I am straight now. I like vagina. And okay. I like to probe it with a pitchfork. Don't do that. No, no, no. Apparently, can he, he can like that. that. Apparently, the womb just springs back. So aim for the womb. So that's perfectly <laughs> fine. No, no. The Scream Queens Horror Podcast does not endorse poking vaginas womb or wombs with anything besides, you know, what's supposed to go. That I got nothing. Which we won't do. Oh my God. No, no. Where we, you're safe from us, guys. Ladies, you're totally safe from us. <laughs> What was that? That was weird. Was, I thought you added that. Whatever I didn't it was. add that. <laughs> that was me. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Were you a little gassy? <laughs> no, I just said, I just, I'm, I'm reading. I've been avoiding Pitchfork reviews until we talked. Okay. Because oh, I didn't okay. want anything to, to cloud my... Um, <laughs> yeah, how you felt about it. But I just hit a review and it had a, had noise. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, okay. I see. All right. See, that's what happens. That's what happens. So you know, hey, I mean, at least it, at least it made my dream come true. <laughs> now I've got to go because I've got a barn dance yeah, to go to. Yes, you do have a barn dance. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Thank you for taking that time out of your busy schedule. Can you plug your show really quick before you go? I am the host of the Seder Sphere podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, uh, everywhere. You can find us at the Seder Sphere. And you are currently appearing in? Peter and the Star Catcher. And where is that? Cool. That's here in Carmel, California at the Pacific Repertory Theater. I'm playing Mrs. Bumbreak. And it's a fucking fabulous show. I adore that show, and I'm jealous that you're doing Get the hell out of here. I love you. Thank you for stopping by. Love both of you. Bye-bye. Bye, Peter. Okay, and thank you very much for coming by, Jay, as well. Sorry it wasn't a better movie. Oh, that's okay. And, like I said, it, was, it was mostly somewhat entertaining, except yeah, for... Yeah, it, was, it wasn't... I mean, it, was, it wasn't unwatchably bad. No, I've seen worse. I, oh, I've said de- totally seen worse, <laughs> but it had so much potential that it, it made me sad that it didn't get to where it needed to go. So what do you need to plug for me, baby? I mean, hold on. Let me rephrase that. What, <laughs> why don't I not, though? You can find me as a co-host on the Life on the Shitlist podcast listed as Lotzel in iTunes. Fantastic. And we're going to be having your co-host, Toppy Smelly, on next month as well. Ooh. Yeah, he's going to be be here talking about the TV movie Gargoyles. Oh, nice. Uh Uh-huh, which does not have a getting ready montage or a fully choreographed musical number, so his loss. (laughs) Yeah, I think I made out better. Yeah, okay, I hope so. I hope so. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for coming by. I love you. Kiss you. So that, my beautiful screamers, wraps up another episode. Thank you, Jay and Scott, for coming to play with me. That was really cool, you guys. And thank you all for showing up to listen. Also, extra cool. 
Now, coming up next time, we have a solo episode. It'll be just you and just me. I can tell you this much. We're going to be talking about the movie The Evil Within, which I think is on Amazon Prime right now. And I could be wrong. It might be on Netflix. I'm not sure right now. I'm sorry. I'm being a terrible podcaster, but my head hurts, and it's hot in here. Wah. Whiny. Wah. And we'll probably do one other feature as well. What that's going to be, I do not know yet. But it's also the show's anniversary. It's going to be eight years of this craziness next month. So if you have a voicemail or a message to help me celebrate this milestone episode, please pick up your phone. Give me a call at 917-720-2047. Or you can write me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can find me on Facebook by doing a search for Scream Queens Horror Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens, on Instagram at NoTR4U. And if you would like to support the show in a new and exciting way and get bonus episodes every month, you can become a Patreon subscriber by heading over to patreon.com slash Scream Queens and getting your groove on there with me. It's super cool. It's super cool. And of course, later on in the month, as you already heard, we're going to be uh, talking about the TV movie Gargoyles and whether or not Flem will be joining in the conversation Flem the Gargoyle will be joining the conversation well we'll have to just see we'll have to see he's been very moody lately and you know, you know moodier than usual for a guy I don't know what I'm saying I don't know what I'm saying so I just gotta wrap this shit up so until next time my beautiful beautiful screamers remember to keep the world a creepier place and Never forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it through the final reel, baby. Oh, yes, Reba. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>